Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Welcome to the show. Got a great show planned for you. I'm going to open the show talking about, again, this is why I, I love relationality. What's so fascinating is, ready for this? All of our relationships need the same things. The things that children need from their parents are the same things that adults need from the other primary and secondary adults in their lives. It's the same stuff. So we're gonna talk about what research is showing that uh, children need from their adult parents. And the article specifically focuses on fathers well they are not the article the research because there's a couple pieces i'm putting together here but it's focusing specifically on what fathers can do in order to raise daughters that are healthy and confident because it acknowledges that a lot of men are raised to believe that they can't be parents or that women you know women just innately know how to parent and are better care no they're not men are just as good at caregiving and parental involvement and investment when given the opportunity when raised to have the confidence to try men are often sidelined in parenting. And so they aren't able to show and be seen that they have a special skill set just like the the woman does. The, these things are not innate. They are socialized. We, we experience them. My point in bringing this topic up is it's also what a mother can do with a son. It's also what a father can do with a son. It's also what two adults can do for each other. So even though the entry point is a father with a daughter or a father with a child, this is what an adult in your life needs. This is what your adult partner needs from you. And I love that. It's the same stuff. A really powerful example that I will use in my clinical practice when I'm working with a man, because a lot of men in our culture are still socialized in a toxically masculine way. That is why I'm not trying to save or rewrite masculinity. I'm trying to get rid of all these gender norms. We're focusing on just the fact that we all have universal skill sets. It is not gendered, but we socialize people in a gendered way, thereby enforcing and strengthening certain things to to the deficit of other things. Because we're like, well, it's not manly, or men don't need to know how to primary be, you know, primary caregivers. So we don't instill those skills in them, but they know how to, and they do need to. So. One of the powerful uh, examples I'll use in my practice when I'm working with a man who's been socialized out of softness and emotions, and I'll say to him, when they're saying to me, I don't know what my, my, my adult partner needs from me, whether it's their husband or their wife, um, and I'll say to them, what would you do if that was your child or a young child in that moment struggling in that way? And their answer, I always say, great, now give that to your wife. Great, give that to your husband. It's the same thing. 
If you saw your child or a child that you care about having a hard day or having a meltdown, what would you do? And usually the answer is I would, I would squat down to their level and I would pick them up and I'd give them a hug and I'd say, are you okay? It's going to be okay. What do you need from me? And I'm like, great, go do that to your adult partner. They need the same damn thing. It's the same skills. That's a beautiful thing. So when in doubt, say to yourself, what would I do if this was my child or a child that needed me? So again, we're going to start it from the vantage point of a father with their daughter. But again, this applies to all caregivers and the people that they're caring for. And this is what adults need as well. This is what's great about interpersonal neurobiology. This is what's great about attachment research. What we need as children, we also need as adults. But unfortunately, we live in a toxically individualistic culture where we believe you should be able to do everything on your own. You shouldn't need other people. That's codependent. You shouldn't other people. You shouldn't need other people to help raise your functioning or help regulate you. That's not true. We absolutely do. We learn to regulate by other people regulating us. Children don't learn how to self-soothe. When a child stops crying, it's not because they soothe themselves. It's because they gave up. It's a trauma response. Children need you as an adult to be there every time they cry, to soothe them, to train them to believe other people are there for us. Other people will be there for me. I can trust on other people. I can count on them. When a child is constantly shown, when you cry or need someone, they'll shame you or they're absent or they'll make you do it on your own. They give up and they, they go internally. That's not good. And as adults, we are lied to and told that it's codependence need other people. That's a lie. We always are better off with other people. Our nervous systems, our psyches, we need co-regulation. We are better because of others. Our partners give us barred functioning. They co-regulate us and settle us down. We are better off. We, we need a secure base from which to go off into the world because we know someone has our back. They encourage us. We need a safe haven to return to when we're having a difficult time. Children need that in a primary figure. Adults need that in a primary figure. That is called a primary secure relationship. So we're going to dig deep. It's quite simple, and we're gonna look at a couple, a couple really easy points that I want you to apply to literally everyone in your life. Again, that's the beauty of this. It's the same stuff. It's not different for adults. We don't outgrow these needs. That's a lie. Isolation is the most psychologically toxic thing that we can have. Separation as well. We need individuals in our lives and we're better for it, and we need to honor that more. And so I don't want people to learn how to be single. I want us to learn how to be more in relationship. I don't want us to teach our kids how to not need us. I want us to be there more for them. I don't want adults to learn how to do it on their own and stand on their own two feet. I want us to rely upon and depend upon others more. We're relational beings. Our brains are literally social organs with receptors that are hungry for and dependent upon relationality. All right, we're going to talk more about it, so don't go anywhere. We're also going to do some DMs. You know the drill. You got a question, topic you want us to hit, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Past episodes of the show over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, and click on it. Binge, post, we listen, and share. We'll be back, y'all. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. More to come. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast oh rachel we're back and we're talking about all the things that we need as adults from other adults which are the same things children need from you as an adult or primary caregiver. So we're talking about it from the entry point of what fathers can do when they feel sidelined as a parent because maybe their child is a, is a girl. And we've sadly and toxically created this idea that men don't understand women. They're so different. No, they're not. We've socialized people to be different. We've also socialized people to see the other gender as other and opposite. Oh my God, there's so much difference between, there's as much difference between two women as there can be between a woman and a man. And there can be so much similarity between a man and a woman. These aren't hard lines. It's the way we are trained and socialized. Fathers do know how to be caregivers if they're given the opportunity and the confidence and they're able to practice and maybe they also have some great role models. It is not genetically born in a woman. Women can be horrible mothers. Women can be horrible parents. Mothers sometimes kill their freaking children. We have tons of stories of that. No, women are not genetically or innately caregivers. That is a lie. That is not true. And men are not innately non-relational or non-intimate. That is offensive. That is toxic and that is not true. All genders have the capacity to be good partners. All genders have the capacity to be a good parent. We need to get away from this gendered mess that trains us to believe that we have deficits that other people have in, in, in ways that other people have strengths. It does not work like that. Give people an opportunity. So we're zeroing in first on fathers. And again, all the things I'm talking about that a father could do for their child is the same things we can do for our adult friends and partners. So back to the parental part, what we're going to be talking about is these small, important moments, small moments. And this can lead to a lot of positive benefits in terms of how they feel about their bodies, in terms of romantic relationships, in terms of the relationship to mental health, academic achievement. These are foundational components. The first thing is this to all the fathers out there. You have to be confident with uncomfortable topics. 
And again, that is part of being an adult in an adult relationship. You have to be confident stepping into and talking about difficult topics. That comes up on the show all the time where someone in my D- in the DM section will say something like, hey, how do I talk to my partner about the fact that I don't like the sex we're having? Or how do I talk to my partner? And I go, oh my God, if you can't talk about that, then that tells me you guys don't have an intimate relationship. You don't have the ability to talk about difficult, vulnerable things. And that's going to show up in other ways. Work on that capacity. I want children to be comfortable with that because they have primary caregivers that are comfortable with that. So if that is foreign to you, work on developing comfort, sitting down with your child and talking about difficult things and also work on that with your primary partner because they both need it from you. We have to be able to talk about topics that are confusing or difficult for us because we want our partners and our children to feel seen, to feel heard, to feel cared for, to feel supported. And the way we do that is by dropping into things that are difficult for us. Practice that. Find value in that. It's also a larger skill, which is we have to not be afraid of anxiety. Anxiety is not dangerous. If something makes you anxious, that doesn't mean you shouldn't or can't do it. You can be anxious and still do something. We're working on getting away from what we call mood-dependent behavior. Just because you're angry doesn't mean you have to act out your anger. It is no longer acceptable to say, well, I was angry, that's why I name-called, or I was angry, that's why I threw that at you, or I was angry, that's why I hit you. No, do better. You can be angry and still have self-control. We have to separate it out. You can feel something and still act from your integrity and your ethics. This is similar. It might make you anxious to talk to your child about sex or gender or whatever's going on in their life. Do it anyway. Anxiety won't kill you. In fact, anxiety is an important opportunity for us to build our tolerance. We all have a window of tolerance, how much anxiety and discomfort we can handle. We constantly want to raise the roof on that so we can tolerate more. We want to push it up. The way we do that is by sticking in it more, sticking around a little bit longer, talking a little bit further, asking a few more questions, just sitting still in it. And in fact, one of the most important parts is sometimes calling it out. Hey, this is really hard for me, but I want to talk to you about it anyway, because it's important for us to be able to talk about these things and normalize these things. And also I want you to know, little one, (laughs) or to your adult partner, that I'm someone you can come to when things are difficult and hard. I don't want you to think that I'm afraid of these things, but yes, it makes me a little anxious. Don't not do something because it makes you anxious. That is a foundational part of mental health is the ability to tolerate that. So find those moments, value those moments, create those moments with your children and also with your adult partners. Otherwise, you don't have intimacy in your relationship because intimacy, in my definition, is demonstrated when it's hard to express something or maybe it's hard for the other person to hear. You know you're building intimacy when it sounds like this. This is really hard for me to say and it might be really hard for you to hear, but there's a lot of closeness that's gonna come out of this. I wanna be known and I wanna know you deeper and then you make that disclosure and you talk about it. You're not expected to be an expert. You're not expected to make it perfect. Please, if you're feeling anxious about something, do a little research so you're armed with some knowledge and some facts. Maybe rehearse it with another adult in your life so you're not stumbling over your words because the way you approach a topic also communicates the acceptability or normality of that topic. And there should be no such topic that's off the table. I want everyone to be able to talk about everything, especially parent and child or adult and adult. A primary relationship should be able to contain, strong enough to contain all of that. Otherwise, we imply shame. Anything we can't talk about 
imply shame, that there's something bad or wrong about it. And we want to normalize a lot of these different things. So that's the first point. Try to find those moments. Lean in when you want to lean out. Stay longer when you want to run. Ask a few more questions when you want to kind of shut down and move on. It's primary. It's important. I work with a lot of adults that were raised in families that had low to no intimacy and no one talked honestly about anything emotional or anything with any depth. And then they become adults and they do the same thing. We've all seen those people at restaurants and coffee shops where they're on their phones when they're with each other because no one knows how to truly be intimate and open up. And it's scary. There's so much loneliness and distance in that. And it shames. It shames whatever it is that we can't get into. Um, all right. When we come back, we're going to keep talking about some of the key points for parents, fathers specifically, to work on developing a better relationship with their children, especially if it's a, a daughter, because it's very overwhelming to a lot of people. It doesn't have to be. Gender is not a real thing. We've socialized ourselves to believe it. So stick around, y'all. Listening to Love Live with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all. We're back. And uh, we're talking about how to be a better parent, which is the same skill set to be a better partner. It's all the same stuff because as adults, we need the same things from each other that we needed as children. That doesn't change. And uh, there's a beauty in that. We always need certain things. And we were just kind of talking about how we need parents to not be intimidated by uncomfortable topics, especially a father with a daughter or a father with a son. We've raised men to believe that they don't have that skill set, that they can't be caregivers, that they can't be primary solo parents. Yes, they can. Yes, they do. And they excel. Women are sometimes horrible parents. Some women are sometimes horrible partners. No, not all women are soft. No, not all women know how to be intimate. That is not true. There's a lot of men that are far more intimate than women. There's a lot of men that are far softer and more compassionate than women. We got to get away from these gendered binary roles that aren't true. Everyone, every human has the capacity for intimacy and to be a primary caregiver. All, everyone, non-binary, trans, male, female, everyone. We have to stop the mess of separating things out by gender. It's not true. There is no such thing as femininity. They're just traits that we've instilled in people that we've diagnosed and de designated to be women and then enforced it and shamed anything outside of that. And the same thing with men. There's no such thing as masculinity. There's this theme that we generated that we've shamed and pleased men into sticking with that finally people are pushing back on that has traumatized people and been toxic. We all have a full range of abilities. Truly, there's no male or female brain. There's a lot of differences between all females' brains and a lot of similarities. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> there is not this unknown other. We have to raise children together and to understand how to relate to each other. And there's more than two genders. There's more than just male or female anyway. And just as a side note, I wish authors and writers and researchers would stop just talking about males and females as though those are universal categories. What other parts of their identities in there? What, what, what race are these people we're talking about? Because that matters. What's their sexual orientation? Because that matters. Are they cis or trans women? What are you talking about? We're making a lot of this research outdated and not utilizable because we're leaving these qualities out. We're like, oh, we did a study on 500 men. Oh my God, tell me more. You can't apply that to all men. Are they black? Are they white? Are they old? Are they young? Are they gay? Are they straight? Are they trans? Are they cis? Are they higher socioeconomic or lower? Are they housed or unhoused? Those factors matter. It really, really does. That's a whole group of different kinds of people. But that's for another show. And I'll, I'll get on a tangent about that at another time. I'm so burnt out on that. So again, we were talking about the importance of being able to talk about difficult topics. Ready for the next point? Be physically there. Be physically present. Be there. We are no longer letting people off the hook because they had to work. Come home early. 
Take the day off. Yes, I expect you to beat your kid's basketball game. That's right. Get home and beat the game. Yes, I expect you to beat your daughter's birthday party. You shouldn't be working on the weekend. You should be spending time with your kids. Yes, that's what we're doing now. It is not good enough any longer to just be financially responsible and to just be working all the time to provide a certain kind of life. Be present. Be around more. Demand that. Force that. Most people are able to work from home now. Demand that. Say to your boss, I have a family and kids. I'm no longer compromising my ability to have a relationship with them so I can be in the office or working longer hours. I'm leaving at five o'clock. I'm going to work from home if that's possible. Relationships mean more than work. I have an entire chapter on that in my book, Rebel Love, that relationships and people come before work. We're not saying okay to that anymore. Oh, dad missed your soccer game. He had to work. No longer acceptable. Be present. You have to show up. You have to be consistent. I brought this up on another show. Don't let the don't let your partners or male partner or female partner, whatever it is, shame you into thinking that your only role is to work hard and, and finance things. Tell your partner to get a part-time job and maybe you work part-time. But my bigger point is this. It's no longer acceptable for you to not know the names of your kids' best friends. It is no longer acceptable for you to not know what your what hobbies your kids have and what sports or, or, or academic classes they excel at. You need to know the answers. I was watching a heartbreaking TikTok video, or maybe it was on some other crappy social media site, and they were interviewing families and they're saying to the dad, What's your daughter's what's your daughter's best friend's name? Didn't know. What's your daughter's birthday? Didn't know. What's your daughter's dentist's name? Didn't know. Then they asked the mom. She knew all of those things. Those aren't secrets. It's because the mom's present. It's because the mom has intimacy with her kids. It's because the mom asks questions and participates in their life. Yes, fathers, you need to do that too. I'm not saying it's easy. I know I'm doing broad strokes, but I'm saying we need to push back on whatever it is that's taking that away from us. Tell your wife, I don't want to work as much. Maybe you need to work. Tell your boss, I need to be working from home or I need to cut my hours back. I'm not being present with my family. The change is coming and I'm here for it. People want better hours, shorter work days, shorter work weeks. They want flex time. They want to work from home. I'm here for it because people are able to be present in their lives. It's a mental health issue. It's a physical health issue. And there's no, this absenteeism is no longer acceptable. We're, we want better than just you working and paying the rent. But again, I'm not shaming or attacking fathers. I have your back because it's not physically or mentally healthy for you to just be a machine, to just be a bank account, to just throw money at your family. They want you to be present and I want you to be present. I want you to work less. I want you to be able to have fun with your family. It's important. I want you to be able to have time with your partner. We're, we're pushing back on that capitalistic idea that our worth is only tied to what we're producing and how much money we're making. We're moving away from that. Make your worth tied to how good of a partner you are. Make your worth tied to, tied to how good of a father you are. Make your worth tied to how much you prioritize rest and leisure and pleasure and fun. Coming up next, we're going to do some DMs, and then we're going to get back to it. So stick around, y'all. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all. We are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris and Love Line. I've been with my boyfriend for a year. He is absolutely perfect. But, you know, you gain weight when you get into a relationship. And since we've dated, I put on some pounds. My boyfriend has always been a gym rat and he never pressured me to go until recently. I'm afraid if I don't go, he'll break up with me. I told him I don't think it's fair to keep pressuring me and that if 15 pounds means that much to him, I'll work on it, but he'll follow up with something passive like, well, it's your body. I just think it would help. I don't know what to do. All right, y'all. So here's the first thing. Stop commenting on people's bodies. 
We've talked about this on the show before. You never know if they're wanting to lose weight or gain weight. You don't know if the weight loss is due to an illness, an eating disorder, depression. So it's not always a compliment or a good thing. And uh, you don't know what the weight gain might be a part of. Some people you say, oh, you look great, you lost weight, but they were trying to put weight on. That's because they're healthier or the opposite. That's why we never know. And we should just not reference it. But some people don't have great boundaries and they just are so compelled to comment on other people's appearances. You never know what's going on for someone. Just keep your mouth shut around people's bodies. Truly, compliment anything anything else about them. Because even the people that are getting the compliment they want, it feeds the need to have whatever it is that you're commenting on and complimenting so as to continue to feel wanted and desired. So it can trap them. And they feel like, well, that's what people want from me. They're always complimenting me on this. So you never know what's going on with someone. People have aging, disabilities, mental health issues. Our bodies will shift and change. They're always aging. The minute you're born, you're just aging. We have to get familiar and honor and allow that. Remember, we've talked about this on the show. Yeah, we want to focus on attracting our partner and being attractive to ourselves and keeping eroticism and romance alive. But that doesn't mean our only goal is to always be attractive to our partner. And hopefully, as we mature and build trust and commitment, our sexuality becomes a lot more than just about sexual arousal, it also becomes about intimacy building, communication. It's a resource for deeper intimacy and deeper connection. So there's a lot of different reasons why we have sexuality. And pleasure can exist at all different body shapes and sizes. And as I say on the show all the time, just because you're smaller sized does not mean you're healthy. You could still have high blood pressure and a multitude of other issues. In fact, some people sadly assume because I'm smaller sized, I maybe can continue to eat high sodium foods or whatever it is and have my blood vessels continually <laughs> have issues and leading to heart disease. Heart disease is the number one killers, uh, number one killer. And being in a smaller body doesn't mean you're healthy. Being in a larger body doesn't inherently mean you're unhealthy. And as I've said again on the show, jokingly, but seriously, we don't take off our shirt and send our doctors a screenshot and say, here, diagnose me. How am I doing? There's a lot of other tests that are done. They listen to you, what? Your heart, your blood pressure, your temperature, your breathing your vitals in other ways. Other things are, are, are done by touching, discussing. It's not just aesthetic driven. So back to your question. If, if your partner's care for you, if your partner's love for you, and if your partner's commitment to you is so fragile that weight gain is enough for them to maybe leave you, well then it's, then again, their love, commitment, and whatnot is fragile and it will crack over something else. So that's the bigger issue. Is my relationship so fragile and uh, so unanchored and lacking trust enough and commitment that small things like this, small disappointments or frustrations could end us? We really need to look at that. And you losing the weight isn't gonna solve that. And you losing the weight isn't gonna ever help you rebuild trust because you'll still think, he might only be here because I lost my weight. I can't trust that he would have stayed or what he'll do if I have a disability, go through some depression or other things that happen. You know, what we do in difficult times in reference to our partner and our relationship is where we build commitment and trust. Um, so perhaps to him that he's all about the gym, that doesn't mean you have to be. His lifestyle isn't more meaningful than yours. His goals for you aren't more meaningful than your goals for yourself. Um, and you have a right to kind of set that boundary. But I think the bigger learning lesson is let's not be like this guy, you know? Um, you can say things that sometimes we can't unhear and our bodies and what people say about them tend to fall under that category. So that's why I always say, let's just keep that to ourselves. And for those that are saying, what if it's about health? People are aware of themselves. We don't need to health police, you know? Raise real concerns. 
All right, y'all, that is uh, the DMs. If you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to hit, circle back to. Past episodes of the show are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it, but we'll be back. So stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we're back talking about how to be a better parent, which is how we be a better partner. And this is coming out of a couple key pieces of research out of Princeton, Harvard, and somewhere else. It doesn't really matter where it comes from. These universities don't promise to produce better research. It doesn't matter where you go to school. It matters what you did in school. It matters what you did after school. So we're, we're not going to do the elitism, but I thought I'd kind of throw that out there. First thing we were talking about is the fact that we have to not be intimidated by uncomfortable topics. All of us have the capacity to be able to handle that. We have to practice it. So find those moments and find value in them. It's how you be a good parent. Also, we're talking about being physically present. Your child needs that. Your adult partner needs that. Otherwise, you don't have a relationship. Relationships are verbs. You are doing it or you're not doing it. It doesn't just exist on its own. It's not like a piece of art where you get it, buy it, purchase it, and hang it on the wall, and you're like, all right, done. It's more like a pet or a plant. You have to check in on it, spend time with it, cuddle it, water it, feed it, see if it's getting enough sunlight. That's how relationships are. Keep just side note, like I always say, keep courting, keep flirting, keep romancing, keep attracting. They're actions. You're either relationshiping or you're not. And if you haven't participated or spent time or been intimate, then you're not. And then we were talking about how when you're physically present, get to know these people. I want you to know what your partner's friends' names are and having met them and what their hobbies are and what kind of shows they like watching, what their kind of favorite music is. I want you to know what your kids' friends' names are. I want, to know, I want you to know what your kids' birthdays are. I want you to know what your kids' doctor's name is. I want you to have taken them to the doctor. <laughs> Family comes first. People come first. Relationships come first. Humans come first. It's no longer acceptable to be like, oh, I got to golf or I got to go to work. That is antisocial. That is dehumanizing. You are more than that. You deserve more than that. You're not a machine. You are more than just a bank account to your family. Be present. And when you're there, be present. Be present when you're present. Ask questions. Get to know them. The next one is create moments of connection. I love this. Again, this is specifically for parents to children, specifically fathers to daughters, because a lot of fathers feel like, I don't understand girls. Oh my God, they're socialized to be different, but inherently they're not. Inherently, we all need the same things. Consistent, reliable, available, responsive people, period. doesn't matter your gender. We all need the same things to feel safe in our relationships. None of that is gendered. So you have to create moments of connection with your children. Pick a book that you read together. Pick a hobby that you work on something together. Pick a game that you play together. Start a, ru a routine of some kind or a ritual. When I get home from work, we play this game all the time. Or on the weekends, we go do this hobby together. Or every night, we read a book together. Start routines and rituals, but also do that with your adult partner. They're this, they need the same things. Have rituals and routines with your husband or wife, boyfriend or girlfriend, 100%. If for whatever reason, God bless it, you can't be around physically all the time, use your phone, use email, text your kids, call your kids, FaceTime your kids, send them pictures of things you're looking at, send them funny memes, send them songs, use technology to stay closer and connected just like you should be doing the same thing with your adult partner. Cause again, they also need consistent, available, reliable, and responsive. So kids need, that's what, that's what adults need to form healthy, primary, secure relationships. They need to feel safe. They need to feel seen and they need to be consistent, available, reliable, and responsive. We need that as adults and we need that as children. Create those moments. That's also when some of the most important bonding and conversations are had. 
when you're playing something together, a video game, a sport, listening to music, working on a hobby, playing a game, reading a book, going out for ice cream. That's when those conversations can be had. That's when we go back to not just being physically there, but also having difficult conversations. Those are the safe spaces to ask them about their friends, to ask them if they're dating, to ask them if they have a boyfriend or girlfriend, to ask them how they're feeling about sex and gender, to ask them about, to talk about drugs and alcohol, to talk about safer sex practices. That's your job. (laughs) That's the role you should play. It all ties in beautifully. But this is where we talk about capitalizing on teachable moments. When you're listening to a song or watching a movie or a TV show, reading a book, and you stop and you say, hey, what do you think about what we just read? Is that healthy? You could do that all the time with movies and television. Pausing, hey, what they just said, that's actually not good relational skills. Actually, that's abusive. I know you just saw that girl slap her boyfriend, but that's called physical abuse. And a lot of people call the police when they're abused, and they should. She just attacked him. It doesn't matter that that's her boyfriend. It doesn't matter that she's a girl. Girls can't hit boys. Hitting someone is physically abusive. It doesn't matter of the gender. It's abuse. And we don't do that to people we care about or love. And if someone ever hits you, whether it's a boy or a girl, you tell them that that's not okay, that it's abuse and violence, and that if it happens again, you're leaving. In fact, you should probably just leave because that person's dangerous. Those are the moments, because I see it on television. A girl hits a guy and people don't say anything. Oh my God, that's physical abuse. That's domestic violence. Never okay. Call that out. Let your children learn that. And all the other heinous, horrible things that you're going to see acted out on television. Use those as teachable moments. But you have to be there to do that. How else will they learn it without you to point it out? Otherwise, they're going to think that these things are okay and normal. And then they end up in my office as abusive partners or as victims of abusive partners, not knowing that that's not okay. It's really heartbreaking. We have a chance to end that. Let's do that. All right, when we come back, we can keep talking about this, and then later we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a question or a topic, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And wearechannelq.com is where you want to go to check out past episodes of the show. But stick around. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we're back, and we're talking about all the different ways that fathers can heal that divide that they maybe feel they're female children because we've problematically and erroneously raised men to believe that they're different from girls and fathers don't understand their daughters. And it's like, it's the same stuff. Everyone needs to feel seen and cared for and respected and safe. And it's the same stuff that your adult partners need from you. So we're kind of going through it all. Be present, have difficult conversations, use those times when you're there to create moments of connection build routines and rituals where you work on things together or you read together or whatever it is and then use those times to also have teachable moments to educate them to help them learn from your experiences there's something really beautiful in being vulnerable with your children and saying hey here's the mistakes i made here's what i wish i knew here's how i can do things different and also some that applies to your adult partners as well um so here's the thing remember kids will do what you model for them. You can't be completely out of control and dysregulated and yelling at your child to be regulated and in control. You can't tell your kid to not name call as you're name calling your child. You are teaching them these things. So you want to show them the habits that you want them to adopt. If you're, you can't be smoking and telling them don't smoke, don't text while driving and then yell at them for doing that. That's a mess. Um, successful parents demonstrate their values and their ethics. It's important. Those are things that they will internally absorb consciously and unconsciously, whatever, whatever's around them. That's where we pick up our habits. 
Um, so, you, you know, when you become a parent, you have to be very thoughtful about your own lifestyle and what you um, let your kids get impacted by. But same thing as an adult. Um, this is another interesting one, and I like that a lot of the research I was looking at brought this up. This whole idea of multitasking. Multitasking is a myth. Neurologically, we can't be focused on two things at the same time in a really efficient, competent way. We can't. So employers, stop trying to look for people that can multitask. What we need to do for more efficiency, for speed and competence, is focus on one thing at a time. When we're going back and forth, things fall through the cracks. We lose time and energy and focus on our transition from thing to thing, and we're not fully present with anything when we're juggling more than one thing. We should be doing one thing fully at a time. And a lot of parents will do that with their kids. Oh, here, honey, I'm going to do the dishes while you're talking to me. No, you're distracted with the dishes. You are literally focusing on how you're cleaning and you're wiping and looking for things on the dishes. Put the damn dishes down. Human beings should always come first. When a human being makes a bid for your attention or tries to connect with you, dear God in heaven, pause the television, put your freaking phone down, stop doing the dishes and turn and give them attention and say, hey, what do you need? Or in the very least say, I'll be right with you. I want to give you my full attention. Let me finish this first. We're not doing multitasking anymore. We're not communicating to people that there are some tasks and activities that mean more than humanity or a human being. That's, that's gross. That's antisocial. That's narcissistic. That's dehumanizing. We don't want to do that. Train your kids to believe that a television show is never as important as a human being trying to connect. Or that, you know, being on your Instagram is never more important than someone trying to connect. I've told you this on the show. If I'm talking to someone, I don't care who the hell it is. And they say to me, oh, I can hear you while they're doing something. I will always say, I'll wait. I won't try to connect with someone while they're doing paperwork, typing on their phone or doing something else. I'll say, I'll wait because I deserve full time care and attention and focus. And I want all of us to demand that. So ask yourself with your adult partners, are you spending time with them while you're on your laptop? Not okay. Cause you're not present. Are you spending time with them while on your phone? Not present, not okay. You're allowed to do those things, but that doesn't count as presence or quality time. You have to be having what I've said on the show over and over a shared experience where we are both having the same experience at the same time. We're able to make eye contact. We're able to turn and relate to each other and we're in the same moment. But if you're on your phone and I'm talking to you, you are not fully present and I don't want people to get familiar accepting breadcrumbs. So stop multitasking. Those things can wait. They are not as important as the people in your life. And if you don't agree, then you are not healthy enough to be relating to people because it's very dehumanizing. Get home on time, prioritize your friends, family, and relationships, and focus on them. And you want your kids to do the same thing. Otherwise, they're going to get familiar with relationships of deprivation. They're going to get familiar with someone not prioritizing them. And then they're going to not seek better. And then we can't be shocked when they're in relationships with people that don't prioritize them. Because they're familiar with letting everything else be more important than them and their needs. Is that really what you want for your kids or even for yourself or for your partner who you claim to love and care about? Don't they deserve more and better? Give them that. Give them that. Don't train people to believe that some things are more important than them, like a work email or a work call or Instagram or the video game you're playing or the movie you're watching. Those things are never more important than the other human being. We have to, we have to stop with that stuff. An entire chapter on it in my book, Rebel Love. Go get the book, read it, practice it. So we're getting rid of multitasking. It's offensive and it's anti-relationship, truly. The next thing, and I love this as well, 
because again, our entry point is we're talking about what fathers can do to feel closer to daughters because we've created this gendered system where we think that, you know, we don't understand each other and we're so different and none of that's true. We're closing that gap. But these are the same things that adults need from other adults. Noticing the little things. We are so good at criticizing. We are so good at catching, calling out things that have let us down and disappointed us. Let's get just as good at complimenting and celebrating catching the small positives of the people in our lives. Let's get more familiar vocalizing appreciation and celebration. For every critique or put down or attack, I want five gratitude, celebratory, complimentary statements throughout your day. Otherwise, you're toxic. Otherwise, you're a negative influence on a person. We are in relationships with others to be nourished, to be expanded, to feel good, not to make our lives harder. I say that all the time. Be a positive influence and force in your partner or your child's life. Catch them doing the right thing. Catch them doing good things and celebrate, promote, highlight. You will not create a narcissistic child. You'll create a happy, healthy, confident child. No one grows from shame. No one grows from criticism. We instead are attacked and get defensive because it's toxic. Work on balancing that out. All right, we're going to come back and finish this off, and then we'll be doing some DMs. So uh, stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we're back, and we're just finishing up our discussion of uh, what parents need to do to raise healthy children. Same things partners need from us as adults. We were talking about not multitasking anymore. Human beings come first. No longer are we accepting or forcing people to accept, oh, I'm listening, I'm just going through my phone, or oh, I'm listening, just going through paperwork. Hi, human being here, stopping a narcissist, stopping a sociopath, and pay attention to the human being. Your mail can wait, your email can wait, your IG can wait. Put people first. We're no longer making people get familiar with relationships of deprivation and distraction. It's gross. And I don't want your kids to get familiar with that and then not expect or demand better and end up in empty relationships and your partner deserves better. You claim to love them and care for them. Great. Give them that care, love, and attention. We all need to feel safe, but we also need to feel seen and important and respected. And you're doing the opposite every time you tell someone that me reading my mail means more than you, that me finishing my, my horror movie means more than you, that me finishing my wordle or whatever the heck that is means more than you. That's gross. Let's demand better and let's be better. I will not do that. I'll say to people, I'll wait. I'll wait. You finish up whatever you're doing. Clearly, it's more important. Let me know when you're ready to have a human connection, you know? Um, so we're talking about that. We're talking about capitalizing on teachable moments, creating rituals. We're talking about noticing positives and celebrating and complimenting versus always being just vocal when we're upset or we're critiquing something. Make people feel good. Compliment people more. Tell people you love them. Tell your friends you love them, your male friends, your female friends. Yeah, more of that, please. More celebration, more connection. Also... Um, we kind of talked about this earlier about getting to know people. Parents, fathers especially, should know their kids' best friends' names. Know what sports your kids are good at. Know what classes they enjoy. Know the names of their doctors. Actually be present in their life. But I want you to do the same thing for your adult partner. Do you know what they're reading? Do you know what they like to read? Do you know what their friends' names are? Do you know what they like to do as hobbies? That's intimacy and connection. But we also, we, so I want us to take those opportunities to appreciate, to celebrate, and to participate in those things. That's how we feel mirrored and we feel seen. When someone is actively participating in the important parts of our lives and who we are. That's vital. And that's why trans 
trans people need trans friends, black people need black friends, gay people need gay friends, queer people need queer friends. We need to have important parts of us reflected back. We need to feel part of. Feeling othered, feeling marginalized is really toxic and shame-based. And as a parent, even if you're on the outside of these things, you can still celebrate them. You can still ask questions about it. You can still try to find a way to participate in it. Know who your partner is, know who your children are. Um, and then I also thought, this was actually kind of a final point that was interesting in the research. I loved it, it was so simple. Don't wait for the weekend. Meaning the weekdays matter too. The weekdays count as well. The weekdays are also opportunities for you to come home early and spend time with your family or partner. Uh, call, FaceTime, or text if you can't to let them know that you're there and to stay connected. Like the weekdays count. It's not like, ah, we'll worry about it on the weekends. The weekdays don't count. We're just gonna toughen up and get through it. Like, oh God, push back on that somehow. But again, we're prioritizing our relationships. We're putting people first. Um, but that's part of good parenting because you're showing and modeling for your children what to expect, what to demand, what's normal. Make some of these toxic traits not normal. Make them know better and have had better through you and with you so as to expect and search for that when they become adults. So that as adults, they're not coming into my office not knowing what they should be looking for, not knowing what they even want or being familiar with really toxic things that are surprising to them when I say, hey, that's actually abusive. And they're like, what? And I go, yeah, if your partner calls you names, that's violence, that's, phys that's, that's psychological and emotionally abusive. And they're like floored because that's what they knew as a kid. Their parents had no problems name calling at each other or to the kids. It normalizes. And I see women thinking it's okay to slap or hit a man. That's physical violence, that's abuse, that's illegal, that's an assault. Let's not normalize kids seeing that on television or in their families, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Let's not raise them to think that certain topics aren't okay to be talked about. And that's why we're talking about stepping into those uncomfortable moments and having those conversations so that we have the ability to do that, the tolerance to do that for intimacy. Otherwise, we have very shallow adult relationships. And we never learn how to handle any, any more emotional availability than that. So that all starts in our childhoods. It sets us up for what we expect and what we think is normal, what we think is appropriate, what we seek. So focus on that. What is it you're normalizing? What are you training them to believe they should expect or what they deserve? It all starts back then. And then everything that happens after that reinforces it or kind of diminishes it. And we never know what's going to happen next. They might get into adolescent and teenage relationships that just strengthen some of those toxic things. They don't always grow out of it. it really depends on, like I said, all the relationships that happen afterwards. Um, we don't always even know better. So uh, that was a lot. Coming up next, so we're going to do the DMs. So if you got a question for us, a topic you want us to hit, something you want us to drop deeper into, circle back to, put all of that in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Always confidential, always anonymous. Whatever you're wondering about, someone else might be wondering that as well. So you're helping them as you're helping yourself, you know? Lots of gems to be uh, picked up on in those questions. Uh, what else? We are channelq.com. It's where you want to go to check out past episodes of the show. Binge, post, re-listen, and share because we have a lot of unlearning to do. But then we also have to spend time internalizing new skills, new perspectives, and new tools. And so shows like Loveline are the best place to do that. So go back and re-listen to them. Take me on your hike, on your drive, or maybe listen to them with a partner of yours. Also, check out my books, Rebel Love and Sex Outside the Lines. All that's in there. We'll be back, though. Stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Oh, Rachel, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I've been dating this girl for about two months. It's going so well. We've gone on like 10 dates already and talk all the time. I don't want to be the person that says, so what are we? <laughs> but at what point is it a good time to bring up the exclusive talk? Well, whenever you want to. <laughs> I mean, there really is no good time and there is no right time. You do it when you feel as though it serves a purpose. What is it that you're wanting through this label of exclusivity? And um, if you feel like whatever it is you're wanting is something you're ready for, then ask for it. You know, again, I'll just say it like this, interested people like signs of interest. Interested people like signs of commitment because they're interested. Um, and like I always say on the show, don't assume you're exclusive or monogamous until it's discussed. That's something people have to consent to. And even in doing so, you then have to talk about what those words mean to you. Everyone has a different, different definition of, ex of exclusivity and monogamy. Some people it's more fluid, it's more open. Other people it's smaller. But remember, someone else's definition doesn't have more validity than yours. So you're, you're allowed to say, that is not how I see monogamy or that is not what exclusivity means for me. Here's what it does. And you both have to keep talking it through until you land on a mutually beneficial definition that you both are agreeing to. But one person who might have a more restrictive version of those words or um, is doing it the way that most people do it, that doesn't mean that's the right way, the best way, or the, or the correct way for you. So I always want to remind people you have a right to advocate for yourself and say, I don't care how anyone else does it. I don't care how you do it. For me, this is what I require. And it has to be something you talk out. Too many people make assumptions about what these words mean. Those are big words. Hammer it out. But when you ask, when you want, when you feel like you're ready. And I would say you should at least wait until you really know the person. Two months, I don't know if two months is long enough to have gone through enough milestones to really understand what they're like. Um, 10 dates is a lot, so maybe so, I don't know. Have you fought yet? Wait until you fight for sure. See how the fights go. Don't ever commit until you've had a fight and conflict. I wanna see what they do during a fight. Do they get abusive emotionally by name calling? Do they get abusive physically by hitting or throwing things? How good are they at repair? How quickly are they, are they there for repair? Are they open to it even at all? Some people after a fight, they'll name call and then they'll ignore you. Okay, do not commit to that person. They're very unhealthy. They have a lot of work to do. How a couple manages conflict is going to tell us the most about our health as a couple. So you really want to wait till you hit certain things. Also, have you explored social compatibility? Do you like to do the same social things in the world? Um, how's the emotional and psychological compatibility? 
You on the same page? How about sexual? Have you had sex yet? Make sure you have sex before you ask for commitment or monogamy so you understand what kind of sex you're, you're stepping into monogamy with because their limits are our limits, our limits are their limits. So make sure you explore all those pieces. And if you come back and you're like, yeah, it all feels really good. The chemistry is there and the compatibility. Compatibility meaning how we relate around things. Chemistry being how drawn to them and lustful I am. Cool, do your thing, ask away. And if they're not ready, they'll tell you they're not ready and you'll kind of deal with that. But um, there's no right time, there's no right way, but those are the factors I usually want people to kind of uh, break down and, and, and explore. More importantly though, again, is the definitions you each have of those terms. Because I've worked with couples who have committed to this and then down the road they come in and one of them says, hey, they violated the monogamy. And I say, oh, really, what was the working definition? Like, what did you both agree upon? They're like, oh, well, I guess we did. And I'm like, well, then he was operating from what made sense to him. He's done nothing wrong. That was within his definition. And no one's definition is more valid than anyone else's. You got to talk about that stuff. But people don't. <laughs> it's scary to some. I don't really know why. Uh, it, it's partially because they don't want to have to acknowledge what maybe it's going to require. Uh, they want don't want to have to maybe stop doing some things that they've done in the past. It can make us anxious to hear someone say, that actually is okay to me. So there's a lot of vulnerability in it. But I think, again, that's an important part because if we're going to hold us and someone else you know, uh, hold them accountable to a contract of sorts. We've got to make sure we're all on the same page with it. All right, y'all, that is our show. If you got some DMs first, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions you got, topics you want us to hit. Past episodes of the show are always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. Binge, post, re-listen, and share. Spend the rest of the night, though, doing a lot of self-care. You know, build in some pleasure. Do some things that are just rooted in pleasure. Some things that are just rooted in leisure and rest. Has no purpose. It's not about much. Drop the bar for yourself and those around you as well. Tons more compassion needed. We don't have enough of that for sure. Um, but otherwise, y'all, guess what? Thanks for hanging out. And you be kind yourselves and enjoy the rest of your night. And I'll see y'all later. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.